You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 105 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom. I'm here, as always, with Lee Fields, and we have joining us from Rotterdam, Netherlands, Europe, Earth, are Jay Desai and Rusty Anderson on the other side of the world. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. How is it you could just say damn on the podcast, but I can't cuss on the podcast? Rotterdam is not cussing. So I just got to put something before the damn so I can say whatever I want? (laughs) Amsterdam might be cussing, but I don't think Rotterdam is. What's funny is when I was in college, there was this like before, before YouTube, before Ebom's World, what even you know before any of those, there were like, no cars when you were in college. That's true. But when radio stations would do like these, just crank call type things, there was one guy who called about he he called like the naturalist office in the small town in Michigan where they lived to complain about these beavers who were building dams on his property and how it was affecting his farm and all that and so he kept referring to them as the damn beavers because they were the beavers who were building dams but the way it was worded it was like every other word in every sentence was damn so it that that was a funny thing and you reminded me of it jay so thanks for taking me back my pleasure so what are you guys doing in europe we are um i feel like we're just fulfilling the title worldwide you know maybe i could be part of that now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i don't think going to one country gets you worldwide well what if it's like you have to pass all the other countries to get there well we are going to go into um belgium tomorrow we kind of have a day off so we're going to do that but what we are doing here is uh helping being part of uh two weeks of celebrations commissioning a new ship for the organization mercy ships if you um, don't know what they do. They're amazing. They have floating hospitals. They have a whole fleet of ships, but this particular ship is brand new. Uh, it sets sail Monday the 14th, and our event is over on the 13th. So it's a floating hospital. They have a bunch of OR rooms where they do surgeries off third world country coast. So it heads, I don't know if I can say where it heads, who knows, but it heads to Senegal. So we are part of the AV team that's doing all the celebrations. So it's been pretty awesome. That's awesome. So tell everybody who you got to meet today. Uh, Her Royal Highness Princess Anne. Being a British citizen, <laughs> I did all the curtsies and bows and walked did backwards. You? Never Man, turned my back to her. You know? Can't believe I missed you curtsying. I, well, my back still feels it. <laughs> uh, we've had a lot of those uh, nobility types. We've had a, we had a dame. We've had a lord. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of fancy. What if we start like giving production guys that type of nomenclature? That's like a ranking system. He's like a he's a lord video director. <laughs> there are some that the, the already dude. have given themselves titles. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I would like yeah. to be knighted. Like Big Daddy Worldwide. I think I'll get knighted when uh Will and Kate take the throne. I think they'll knight me. That's a good it's a good aspiration. So was I was just thinking when you're when you were talking about uh this new ship, all I was thinking about was all these manufacturer uh delays in manufacturing. And like did it set out in the port waiting to be received or uh, that's a really bad joke. So I think. it was built over in I see what you're saying. It was built over in Asia, but there was some crazy delays. 
it's been delayed a bunch. Yeah, it's wild. But also, I, the uh, tour of the ship is awesome. Like, there's 3D. There's like a, they're replicating some of the surgeries and stuff. And there's like 3D and all that stuff. It's wild. See, speaking of titles, we had the uh, opportunity last night. It's pretty cool to have a, I guess you'd call it a private concert with the maestro. Learned that that's his actual title. Maestro Andrea Bocelli. Um, wow. World's greatest tenor. It was really incredible. But I, as, as it was happening, I thought of you guys because we were kind of in the back of the room because we're, you know, we were the crew just kind of hanging out. And the first two songs that he did were um, just his voice and like a piano. And also a, f- a flute that did not know that the maestro was also a flautist. It's also impressive. I um, flouted a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but the third song, they like started playing like orchestral tracks. And all I kept thinking was, turn up the vocal. This is Andrea Bocelli. I do not care about tracks. And it was drowning everything out. Oh my gosh. Interesting. Jay was not mixing. Let me preface that. Well, tell us who it was and let's shame him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. It was a hard room too because he was under the balcony. I'll give him that. He was listening to some fills. But the man can sing. And he was using, I believe it was a DPA. One of those were super skinny ones on a stand, and he was right on it. And I think yeah. one, one ounce of distortion. The verb was magical. It was great. He did the classics, Amazing Grace. Ave Maria, the Schubert one, and then he ended with Nessim Dorma, and mm. it was great except for the lady singing next to Rusty. Oh my gosh. Oh no. That's like the worst concert to ever try and sing along with. Uh, like Totally. Yeah. I was concerned he was going to sing the prayer, and I was going to have to sing Celine's part, but he didn't. Have you ever... Well, let me ask you this. Did you feel like when he was singing... Like, obviously, he's one of the greatest singers in the world. But could you tell he was also one of the greatest singers in the world? You're like, okay, this is ridiculous. Yes. I had the same thing with um, Stephanie Block. She won a Tony a couple years ago for, like, the main Tony. And hearing her sing for an hour was like, oh, that's what every female worship leader is trying to do. Yeah, this is what greatness feels like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a really different technique and like the show tune style of singing doesn't really work in worship sometimes. But when you hear the best in the world do it, it would matter. She's so good at it. Does that make sense? I would imagine even with like him, it would be similar. Like he's so good. He can sing however the heck he wants to any style of music. Yeah, even if you don't like opera, you don't care because he's right. the best. And it's like, yeah, just give me more of that. That's cool. Do you know who Sarah Brightman is? No. She was the original in Phantom. She's married to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh. I'm a big fan. She came to Atlanta to do a show, and I went. Uh, our friend Nathan Paul Taylor designed her show, so he had got me some comps, and I went with a friend who's a big fan. Anyways. She had this album called Him, and she starts singing Better as One Day. No way. Like, in her opera. I took a video and sent it to Redmond, <laughs> and he just wrote back, brilliant. That's crazy. Like, if you're Matt Redmond or Chris Tomlin, and he told a story once where he, or you told the story, Jeff, 
where you guys went to Africa and you went yeah. through some kind of village or something, and these kids were singing How Great Is Our God? We come out of this boat in the middle of nowhere on this island to this project for compassion, and there's this kid's choir singing How Great Is Our God as we're getting off the boat. And I turned to Chris, and I was like, did you ever in a million years imagine that your song would have... And he's like, no, I was literally sitting on my bed in my apartment and this little chorus came out and now here we are literally on the other side of the planet in the middle of nowhere and these kids are worshiping it's crazy i was gonna say i mean we're over here worldwide what have you guys been up to i was hunting all week in missouri oh, okay you sent a photo and it looked like you were laying in a field of a million ducks yeah, uh, and what's, the, what's the duck on a pole thing you had going on? Okay, so it was snow geese, and it's important to know that this is a conservation hunt, meaning there's a big effort to control the overpopulation of snow geese in North America and Canada. Okay, so what you do is you lay in a cornfield with 1,800 fake snow geese. And it's a metal pipe and a white bag with painted like wings on it. There's no head. There's some heads, but the heads are on their own poles. And they're hollow. It's just a bag so that when the wind blows, they move and it looks like something's moving. And we lay down and we're wearing white also. So you're not wearing camo. And we have these like big sleeping bags basically that you pull over the top of you that are camouflaged to look like uh, chopped down corn. And then we have electronic collars that are battery powered. So there's like four bullhorns around the field playing this looped MP3 of a thousand geese just making a bunch of racket. And we listen to that for about 10 hours a day. So you're cheating in every way possible to get these geese to come to you. Yeah. And you can use extended magazines and there's no limit. So they're uh, the uh, North American fish and game in each state would like you to kill as many geese as you possibly can. So that's what we did. How many did you kill? We actually didn't kill that many. Probably 35 in three days, which is not good, actually. Did you, did you eat any? Yeah, we did. We ate a bunch of them. But tell everybody how many you saw. Okay, so we were in Mound City, so northwest of Kansas City by about an hour and a half. And there's a refuge there, and it's right on the migration path for these snow geese. So they they start out in Canada. That's where they breed. Then they go all the way to Louisiana, and they turn around, and they go all the way back, and they breed again. As soon as breeding's over, they, they do this. That's all they do. And so they're hunted like 45 weeks of the year somewhere. Every time they're going somewhere, they're being hunted. Well, we're on the, the early side of the migration back north, so there was 1 million geese in this refuge about a half a mile from the cornfields that we were hunting. So the guide who is helping us, he's like, Hey, you guys at lunch today, you guys you drive over there and see it. So we drive over there and there's like this big observation platform. And I've never seen so many of anything ever. It's the craziest thing. Like there was a bald Eagle that flew in and it scared all the geese. So maybe like, a third or a quarter of what we were looking at actually got up and started flying around. You could not see through it. It just looked like a black wall. It was insanity, but there was a wildlife biologist there because these geese are only there 
you know, a couple weeks of the year at this spot. So he was there and one of his specialties is counting mass quantities of waterfowl. So he was like, I'm estimating it's about a million right now and it'll be up to 3 million in a few weeks when all the younger geese who are still in Arkansas make their way there. So these were the older, more mature geese that had got there early because they know what to do. They, if it, if the right wind comes along, they jump on it quick. They've been doing this their whole life. They're like 10 to 20 year old geese, but the younger, dumber ones are still in Arkansas. So if we had done this trip in a week and a half, when these younger ones are there, there was guys in Arkansas that they were shooting like 150 a day, 200 per day. It's crazy. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. And you're doing this for mankind. Yeah, there's these geese do millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of damage to farmland. So they go into the cornfields all up and down the Midwest and destroy them. It's really bad. And then when they get into Canada for mating, they stay there for a month or well, maybe a little longer. So they just wreak havoc on all these farmlands. But they keep growing and growing. So even with these crazy hunting rules that they're allowing, they still can't get it under control. But it was a lot of fun. That's wild. It was wild. And freezing cold. You think you would take me sometime? Yeah, I'll take you. You think I'll make it? What do you mean, make it? Like, I mean, that's a lot of stuff to do in one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess you just lay there. You do just lay there. It's also exhausting, though. That's the weirdest part because, you know, we're up at 4 a.m. and you hit the road. We have to drive about 40 minutes and you want to be out there like an hour before sunrise. And then you go out there and lay down in these, they're called layout blinds, not sleeping bags. But you lay in the sleeping bag and, it's, you know, if it's 30 degrees outside, that's, that's not that bad. But when you lay on the ground, that's been that cold all night. That ground is so cold. Where do you go to the bathroom? Um, whenever there's like no geese flying around, you just stand up and stand up and go. Well, Jay, we're, we're almost through half of the MXU 75. So once you get all the way through it, you're going to be in great shape. You'll be able to go and hunt with Lee Whenever and wherever you so choose. Yeah. You're not drinking 70 ounces of water right now. It's like freaking Niagara Falls every time. <laughs> yeah. I, I posted this the other day. Like, try taking an international flight when drink, you're drinking 70 ounces of water. That's you're very just difficult. The whole time. Yeah. That's, that's tough. And you get a four ounce cup of water to drink out of. I have done really well for the last couple of weeks because I've been home. But I'm going to be traveling next week, and so that's going to be the big challenge for me is, okay, how can I maintain some of these habits on the road? Because it's been, it's been too easy almost because I have a wife who really likes to eat healthy and cares about my being healthy. So I've had all the encouragement that I need, and I've gotten to work out, and I've done great. Now next week is the big test. The coffee thing is messing with us here because of the – time difference and trying to oh, get yeah. acclimated and then you can't have coffee after a certain oh. time but we've had each other <laughs> uh, well i'll be honest so last week our schedule was grueling you know it's 4 a.m and then we weren't even back to our house until at least nine o'clock every night and then we cooked dinner and then you got to be back up at four so i didn't i missed the sleep number every single day i missed 
Well, I guess I hit the exercise. I didn't do, there were a couple of days I did not do any of the Tabata stuff, but we walked a ton. Your car is like three quarters of a mile from these fields. Sometimes you have to hide them. So the walking I got in, but I was exhausted and I couldn't figure out if it was because maybe I was sick. I kind of had some like cold symptoms or was it just a lack of sleep, like sleeping four hours a night for five or six days in a row? That'll do a number to you. Yeah, sitting outside in the cold all day isn't great either. So it'll it'll make you feel no. worn out. And you're looking into the sun all day. It's like it was really tiring to just be laying there doing nothing. Can we talk about audio for a split second? Because I know Rusty's here, and we're probably going to have to talk about video stuff. But uh huh, I saw some announcement with DNB and Digico. Yes. Oh yeah. So all the SD and quantum consoles now have support for Soundscape built in. And I talked to Matt Larson about it the other day, who was on episode 101 of the podcast. If you didn't hear his interview, go check it out. But he was saying how it's going to be a lot more than just panning, that they're integrating a lot of things about the sort of 3D object placement and some other features in the console that are going to be integrating with soundscape in a way that is pretty impressive. So I can't wait to get my hands on it. Maybe we'll get to see it at NEB. Yeah. So we're going to have a three, three, eight and a two, two, five in Knoxville at MXU HQ. And I th- think that's what we're going to dedicate to drive our soundscape system is the three, three, eight or yeah, it'll be the three, three, eight. So I'm stoked about that. That's my favorite Digico console, I think, is the 338. Yeah. Looks like a spaceship. It's awesome. It, yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's definitely the best looking console. Well, the screens are amazing. I mean, those screens have needed an upgrade for so many years, and now it's like, okay, they've arrived. It's really cool. Um, yeah, so I saw some info from DMB about our system in Knoxville again this week. So that's that's rolling right along. So speaking of Knoxville. Yeah. Oh gosh, I fell asleep. I fell asleep. What were we talking about? <laughs> well, Rusty was not in Knoxville when we had our live from Knoxville podcast, and so we didn't really talk much about video on that podcast. But since we have Rusty here today, we wanted to talk specifically about MXU video. Um, you guys are, you and Jeremy are kind of heading up the effort to launch the MXU video podcast, and we're also going to have um, really a a video control room as part of our headquarters at MXU HQ. And so let's take a few minutes and talk about all that. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, the podcast, we've, we've got it off the ground, trying to get a few episodes in a can. So um, hopefully we'll release those pretty soon. But we had some good interviews with uh, my friend Tony, who's based out of Nashville. He's a steady cam op. Um, Done a few gigs and shows with him, but he does the NFL. He's one of the guys that has the cinematic camera on his steady cam and running out there in the end zone and getting the celebrations. Nice. Uh, he was recently in the Olympics, actually. He spent you know, two weeks in Beijing, so really fun interview talking to him. And then, um, yeah, we, you know, we're going to just try to tackle a whole bunch of topics that um, don't make a lot of sense on this, on this podcast. But Which is most topics. Most topics. And Jeremy Bagwell and Zach really uh, get nerdy. Um, And I try to make fun of them as much as I can about that. So it's been a great time so far. That's all I do on this podcast. 
That's true. Like I just talked about hunting for 10 minutes. So, you know, we're just trying to reinforce values that having hobbies and taking a break and getting rest is important. That's why we do that. Yeah, whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay, so back to MXUHQ. So, um, we're close to getting a final gear list. We know the gear list as far as engineering, switching, and routing. It's all Ross stuff. So, Ross is our biggest partner, only partner on that stuff. So, you know all that gear. But I'm really close to locking in a camera package from Canon. I don't think it's too early to say that. I think that's going to happen. And then on our tour... Kind of putting them to the fire now. Hey, you know. Um, and then Panasonic is... We're still working on that one. So that one's coming too. So we're going to try and have multiple offerings. But Rusty, you really built the wish list for the camera stuff. So what are we going to have? Yeah, I mean, I think um, there's just so many options out there. But I, I think as we talked about it, right, we want to make sure that it's a space um, that has people come to. If you bring your team to it's more likely, you know, a similar equipment to maybe what you would have at your church. Yeah. And so with that in mind, that's why we reached out to um, our friends at Canon and Panasonic and hoping to get some Super 35 cinematic cameras Yeah. with with a range of lenses. Um, yeah, totally. You know, servo lenses, but also more affordable kind of photo lenses. Yeah, and Fuji sending lenses too. So we're going to have... Awesome. Uh, I think three different types of lenses from Fuji. So like if I just need some cameras and lenses, can I just drive up to Knoxville and get some of this stuff or like, how's that? For like, what, you want to like borrow them and like take them and shoot a documentary? Oh, what? Maybe so. I don't know. No, I don't don't think that works that way. (laughs) Well, it's pretty exciting with what's going to be in there. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. A great space. Um, Like the control room so that we can, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about how do you how do you see us using that space? Well, we needed a space to shoot content, but then if we're going to have a dedicated space to shoot content, well, we should also make it a place where people would want to come to. So that is really the um, catalyst for having a public space for the tribe to come to. So with our tour, you know, this whole thing started doing these audio events, and it was just me, Jeff, and Andrew mixing all day. Well, now that we're audio, video, and lighting, the the team day that we did on the tour was such a hit. That's the only thing we're going to do on tour in the U.S. from now on. So our tour this fall will be audio, video, and lighting only. But we wanted to have an opportunity to keep doing audio events and then add video and lighting events. So we're going to be able to do those there. And they'll be smaller and more intimate. You know, the the great thing about the first few years of doing the events, we capped off the numbers between like, what was it, Jeff? Like 100, 150? Most of them were less than 150 people, yeah. Yeah, and they really felt great. It was really intimate. It felt small. Every seat was in a really good space in the PA. But then the demand kept growing, so we raised the ceiling on the tickets. And you know, we had 400-plus people in Chicago and, and in Orange County at one point. So now we want to get back to smaller events in Knoxville, you know, 30 to 50 people really intimate and allow churches to bring their whole team and maybe even have a dedicated couple of days for just themselves. So we got to figure out what a video only event looks like and a lighting only event. Like we know what to do with the audio and we'll keep doing those. But I think this year we'll try and do at least one video event. So 
we don't have names for them yet, but think MXU live audio, but what that would look like with a couple video directors. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. I can only imagine those personalities. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we'll still let Jay be a part of it. And still be the master of ceremonies. Um, So like Rusty, if you, if you could have an all day conversation with another video director and the goal being you want to be better by the end of the day, like who are some of those people that come to mind? Man. I really put you on the spot. Yeah, you really did. I know I'm also a terrible networker. Yeah. Um, I, that wasn't a yell yeah, like, uh, yes, you are. That was a, oh, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know that it's so much about, you know, it's this person, that person. Because I just felt there's so many churches out there that are doing incredible stuff with a lot less than a lot of other churches are. Some yeah. great churches out there that are just really good at building up their teams and their volunteers and teaching someone how to run cameras. So there's just, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless of, you know, how much I could learn for sure. I remember back last year, you guys invited me up to the, uh, all access, what it was called, all access thing. Right. And you were yep. like, someone would come forward and bring their tracks and listen to it. And, and then it was just like the community speaking life into that person and saying, here's, can you hear some, some tips or advice and let's actually work on your craft and work on your tracks. And I remember the vulnerability of all of those people in those moments yeah. was crazy. Um, and I remember thinking like, yeah, if, if there was like a few video directors here and we brought, you know, brought a multi-view with your comm and we could just watch it together and kind of just pick it apart. Like, you know, why do you have those cameras in that position? Or why did you think about cutting to that shot here? What, what, what were you going through in your mind? That kind of thing would be awesome to do. And nothing I've ever, I've never done that before with a group of directors well we can do that that sounds great that's awesome the camera part of it's tough it's tricky you know like yeah i doubt a lot of churches can bring you know six camera operators so but maybe what we could do now we're really just brainstorming here on air but like part of the day we just have some video directors go get a camera and we have a band in there because it's going to have a little stage so we could set up like a mock shoot and then roll people in and out of camera. So that, you know, not one person stuck on a camera the whole time and actually, you know, take some of the stuff that we're all learning in the first half of the day. And then like at the end of the day, a band's going to come in and we're going to get real creative. And like you, the cool thing in is you could start rehearsing shots. So you can be like, Hey, let's loop that pre-chorus. And let's practice this move from the bass guitar to the drums and hit that drum fill. And you can be like, okay, stop. Let's try it again. Like there's no other time anywhere that you can really do that with a band. No, definitely not. That'd be awesome. And it, it'd be cool for directors to, yeah, get on camera. I'll go get on a camera and let someone else direct. And then, man, just to learn from each other would be great. Well, that was easy. That's super exciting. I can't wait for that. Jay, I think you might even learn something on those days. I think I would, but I will say that one of my favorite things about Rusty that I've seen multiple times when we've been working in the same space is when I've seen him come out of the control room to a camera and like show a camera op what to do, like real hands-on. He's not barking down calm. He's not like, he, he literally has come out the control room, goes to the camera person during rehearsal, and he's like working with them and physically showing what to do. I think 
that communicates a lot of things. I think just like text, calm could probably be a little cutthroat, feels mission critical. And so for Rusty to get out of seat, I've seen multiple video directors do this, and I like it when I do see it, is when they get out the seat, come into the room, see it for themselves, and work with the camera person on actually doing it. I think that probably, having not been that person, probably builds trust and rapport and makes you feel like you're occupying the same space. Yeah. There's a there's a peer a peer to peer kind of thing rather than a top down kind of leadership. It's like no, you're you're kind of coaching and guiding and mentoring rather than just telling somebody what to do. That's that's awesome. I would be a sucky camera person. I get so distracted. Like I would just this thing would be wandered over here. Lens would be pointed at the ceiling. I'd be looking somewhere else. But feel free to put me in, Rusty, anytime. I, I think you'd bark back on me on comp too. <laughs> hundred percent hundred percent bark back but like i bet you won't say that outside in the parking lot that's right <laughs> that's hilarious. um i'm th- thinking back to the tour i remember um you know i tried for a little bit of t- a time to go over the switcher and you know just kind of how i would lay it out and how i'd build it um but even some of that you guys having a dedicated switcher that'll always be there you've got a control room yeah and i was at a church recently and um Phoenix and amazing team there, and they recently had a an AV install, and you, and I've been there where you're like this thing is kind of fresh. You're just kind of trying to make Sundays happen, and you haven't really dug into what all you can do with your new equipment yet. Yep. Um, and so I was doing some things, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? How'd you do that?" And just having the opportunity to sit down, I can't do that in front of 200 people and get right. a Q and A. But if we could have five, ten people in the control room going over that kind of stuff would be yep. amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things I'm most excited about with all the disciplines is the opportunity that we have to be able to do a deep dive into just really small things like that. To go down a rabbit hole with five or ten people and really kind of get into the granular stuff about whatever we're talking about that we could never do at a live event we're trying to get through an all day, you know mixed down with four people it's like you just don't have the time to actually tweak and tweak and tweak but this environment is going to give us the opportunity to do that and i'm i can't wait i I know there's going to be teams that really are going to be clamoring to to come and just spend a couple of days with no distraction not you know outside of their own environment to just come and you know work with their own tracks with their own people with their own you know, recordings of videos or whatever it is, um, even if it's lighting previs, to be able to come and just talk about lighting programming um, and do it in a way that is outside their context that will apply to their context is is going to be so awesome. Yeah, we met with, um, you know, the team there in Knoxville and we were in the video control room and like there's this cutout space in the back of the room and we we're trying to figure out what to do with it. I think we're going to put stadium seating two rows of stadium seating in there so you have like an elevated view of the control room so if you're in there teaching there's like two whole rows of like movie theater seats or something like that back there so that should be pretty cool that's great and full disclosure i'm also coming for the lake so yeah there's boats there's boats (laughs) with an s there's boats with an s Um, and there's golf courses nearby too so we can have a lot of fun playing oh yeah there's gonna be a lot of fun Hey, Jeff, did I tell you I was taking golf lessons? I knew that you were going to. Has it started yet? Yeah, one in. It's not good. Uh, 
Uh, I've been a, the, at the Bobby Jones in Atlanta. Heck yeah. And yeah, it's great. Um, for those of you listening, I gave a friend of my, my best friend's wife, golf couples, golf lessons for Christmas, um, for me and her, he drives us there, drops us off. It's like daycare for him. Cause, Cause, he's got cause he already plays golf. So he already plays. And so, yeah. and her and I've been wanting to get now the outfit stuff has been our biggest holdup for years. We've said <laughs> we cannot figure out our outfits. I got some great shoes. Nike Air Max uh, has a golf edition, and I've been sporting some little stretchy Lulus um, because it's athletics, you know. But I don't like wearing polo shirts. That's what's got me hung up. But we'll see. Maybe it. Maybe the uh, at the end of this MXU seventy five when my man boobs are not so big, um, that they might <laughs> feel better. But right now, I feel the golf the golf attire accentuates the region. Um, <laughs> but I apparently hold the golf club like I'm going to fight somebody. That's what I've been told. <laughs> Don't strangle it, Jay. You can't. You got you to gotta have, you know, soft hands. It's like. Yeah, they were like, yeah, don't, or like you're holding that thing like you're just going to swing and beat someone up. So I'm trying my best, but I'm excited and uh, about some new outfit options. Uh, mainly, and uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, I'm excited to see your equipment options because I know you've got some uh, some sticks that are going to be awesome. So I can't wait to see those. And I'm just trying to work my way up to being able to like, uh, you know, uh, play decent at Pine Valley when I get up there. Dude, just say when. What's Pine Valley? Pine Valley and Augusta National trade spots every year for number one or number two course in america got it okay. um P- pine valley is almost as exclusive as augusta national and every bit as stunning doesn't have a tournament like the masters so you don't have the it doesn't it doesn't have the soundtrack right it doesn't have magnolia drive and all the you know the mystique of augusta national but as a golf course it is like oh my gosh a dream. It's just on the other side of Philly in New Jersey. One of my dearest friends started working there about six months ago. So he's like, yeah, oh. you, can come, you can come up and play sometime. I was like, oh. Uh, Don't mind if golf. I do. I was going to say, I feel like Tiger Woods broke the whole polo shirt tradition years ago. Yep. That's true. What should get the mock, like, mock, what do they call it? What do they call it? Mock it, turtleneck? Mock turtleneck? Yeah, it's basically a Henley. Yeah. Have you seen me, Rusty? From where you are, does it look like I have a neck? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like you have a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> you just broke, Jay. <laughs> I haven't seen you laugh that hard much. Uh, that's good. Um, yeah, I always joke with my chiropractor that by the time she's done with me, I'm going to be able to wear a turtleneck. <laughs> it's not going well. I just don't have a neck. I just have this little stump that my head sits on. If someone decapitated me, I'd be great to just sit up on the mantle. It's already there. Jay, you got to look up John Daly and look at what he wears on the golf course. Oh, man. Totally. Well, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go on a deep dive of golf attire. I've got Rusty going on a deep dive of watches. He oh. doesn't know what kind of watch he would wear. I don't know if I'd call uh, it a deep dive. I saw you looking. I looked over in front of the house the other day, and you were yeah. looking at watches. Jay said he'll help me pick one out. It's so dangerous. You buy it's one of those things where you buy one and you will buy more. That's the problem. That's what I was telling him. Like, I don't there's no one watch that you can fit to every occasion. 
Yeah, it's called a it's called a Rolex Submariner, but <laughs> it's fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would say I would say a date dates or an oyster, an oyster you could kind of flex anywhere too. Um, we're talking like seven, eight thousand dollar watches. Well, that's here. not what we're talking about here. Rust, I told Rusty to give me a few options and a budget, and I would give him some options. Yeah, there's some beautiful watches. The if people out there want a nice watch, the one you showed me, the one you. The green is it a Houdinki Timex? No, the Swatch. Swatch. Yeah, makes an automatic, so self winding, for like two hundred bucks. Is what you said? No, it's one hundred and fifty. I think. There and it it's, is. It's silicone. It's very sporty. It's a very sporty watch. But it, seriously, though, if you were looking for a watch, I don't know why we're on this subject. Uh, Timex, and I know that sounds crazy, but I had Timex, one of those in middle school. I know, but they have, great. Dr. Martin Luther King's Timex is on display right now, and I saw it, and it's just great. It's got that oyster feel, but also Todd Snyder is a designer. If you want a little more of a modern feel on your Timex, Todd Snyder has a Timex collaboration. It's brilliant. You can't go wrong with a Timex. It's a workhorse. It's like me. You know what? Watch guys, like, like even rich guys with obscene amounts of watches that none of us will ever afford. They also wear G-Shocks. People love those watches. Yeah. Well, John Mayer's new collaboration is, or not new, he did a couple years ago, but he has two G-Shock collaborations. And yeah. they, when they first go on sale, they're 180 bucks. It's not about the price. No, it's like sneakers. It's the same deal. It's like, oh, I bought them for 140 Now they're worth $8,000. But watches hold their value forever, not like shoes. Also, you can't beat a good beat a good Hamilton. That's true. That's what Jeff wants. Jeff wants That's a Hamilton. That's what I'm going to get next. Um, speaking of Kanye, did you guys see? Were we though? Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were talking about sneakers, and I was thinking of Yeezys. So, did you guys see the live stream of his concert in LA? Did you see any of it? Okay. Well, I want you to go watch it, and then I want to talk about it again. Because he did the uh, flooded stage that Transformation did. Interesting. But, he I mean, it was outdoor in a, in a stadium. So he did it the way Kanye would, which was um, enormous. You know, it was hundreds of feet. And then put an old rundown church in the middle of it. Like you would see floating on the bayou in Louisiana, like that style of church, floating in the middle of it. Freaking cool. But the um, the video cut, there were some songs or maybe all of it in the, in the web viewer. It was just a small circle and all the shots were really tight. I, I don't know if that was a creative decision or if it's because that was what was on screens in the stadium and that's what they put online. But even the web viewer on your phone, like it was just like a circle. And if the phone, you know, big phone, like you just saw like maybe like, like a 007. You're like looking yes, through the yeah. exactly like that. Weird. Hmm. It was super weird. That's great. Churches are going to be trying to do that with like a <laughs> leftover paper towel holder. Maybe <laughs> <I know. laughs> just put it on the camera. Just yeah, gaff that to the lens. Yeah, it was very interesting. I'll say that. All right, I'll watch it. Rusty, maybe we can watch it together. Sounds great. Well, you're in the same hotel room. We are today. Well, I mean, we're not. We have our own rooms. That's good. I just when keep staring at that koi fish behind Rusty. I, could, I couldn't tell if you're at 
a Mandarin hotel or a Fairfield Inn. <laughs> and there's like, it's like Game of Thrones and Asia. Well, my floor is called uh, East Asia. Oh, Every each floor, floor has, has a, theme. a theme. Oh. Well, the hotel looks really nice and the rooms look larger than most European hotel rooms. So you guys, um, you know, the fact that you don't have two twin beds that you have to slam together to get the size of a bed that you can actually sleep on is a good thing. Do you guys ever been to Antwerp, Belgium? No. Never been to Belgium. We're going to venture there tomorrow. Can you buy me a diamond? That is the diamond capital. It's actually where the ship was built out. The ship was built in Asia, but it came to Antwerp to be built out inside. And I got to visit it on a site visit. So I'm going to our friend David Little's here with us also. Um, so me, Rusty, and David going to venture there tomorrow. That's awesome. Bad news is it's a Sunday, and all the Trappist monks will be worshiping. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Not brewing. Not brewing beer can like you, I would like them to. Can you go to Delirium? Mm-hmm. This is what I was going to ask. Oh, I don't know where Delirium is. Uh, that was Duval? a great band. <laughs> I uh, think. <laughs> <laughs> Delirious. <laughs> oh, Question mark. great. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did, too. Um, anyways, we can't go to any of the Trappist breweries because they'll all be, you know, monking tomorrow, not making beer. Nice. So are you guys off tomorrow? You have nothing? Yeah. We we have been eating good here though, I will say. Yeah, you What's my first picture? Michelin star restaurant? I was gonna say that had to have been a Michelin star. I just by looking at yeah. your food last night. Um Rotterdam surprisingly has a high concentration and then Antwerp does also. So it's so close it's, to France. Yeah. It's honestly it's been real impressive, but things in general are great. We got some Mickey D's this weekend too while we're out and about. No, 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 no fast no, food. No fast food, Jay. <laughs> Is it fast food in America? They don't have the FDA over here hosing them over. Well, yeah, that's and true, nothing's but... fast here either. So I technically it cannot be fast food. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. What if we go for breakfast? Mm-mm. Rusty, I say we go and we just don't tell I don't, them. The internet cut out. I don't know what they just said. I think we're just going to yeah, go with it. We're going. We're going. We're just not telling them. So, out, I, of 70, out of 76 day, I don't care. I drove 10 hours from Knoxville to Kansas City last week. And we had, I mean, what do you do then, right? right. So we did Chick-fil-A because I thought that's as least fast foody as you can get. We did that for breakfast, and I ate a chicken biscuit. And then for lunch, we went to a truck stop restaurant instead of fast food. And I just got nice. a club sandwich. And I felt better about myself. There's no guarantee that that was actually any better, though. I mean, no, but I didn't stops. break the freaking rule. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> if you yeah. can go to Chick-fil-A for breakfast, I can go to McDonald's for breakfast. I don't think... I should have even gone to Chick-fil-A, though. That's So, no. I'm sorry. Your internet keeps cutting out. <laughs> <laughs> What's next after wall sits, Jeff? You're on top of it. Yeah, so after wall sits, which end in a couple of days, then we've got um, push-ups. So 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off of push-ups for eight rounds. And yeah. That's that's going to be fun. The other thing that is uh, a big part of that 
starting on day 35 is intermittent fasting, which yeah. Jay, you're, I don't know how much you're going to love this, but basically all of your food gets consumed between noon and 8 p.m. So it's two meals a day, noon to 8 p.m. When does that start? Day 35, which is on March 7th. It's coming up soon. We need, we, wait, hold on, what's today? Yeah, okay, cool. We got one dinner reservation at 9 o'clock. Can I just move? Can I just not eat from 2 to 10 instead? Yeah, it's I just think, eight hours. I think you have that's to not fine. eat for 16 hours. Yeah, right, the whole point the is point. Don't, eat, don't eat for 16 hours. Yeah. And nine o'clock there is three o'clock Eastern, so you're fine. <laughs> you're operating two time zones. I'm eating all day. <laughs> I'm eating for sixteen hours. <laughs> the the intermittent fasting won't be a problem for me because I kind of already do that, so I'm not I'm not worried about that one. But I know a lot of people eat breakfast every day. And yeah, I tough. have not gotten used to the water. Everyone tells me you'll get used to the water, and I have not. How are you drinking it? Like small amounts all day or like slam a full bottle uh, i will slam bottles at a time yeah is that my problem that's probably why that's the only way you can get that many ounces though oh, yeah that's the way i do i think that makes it easier is to just Rusty told me a story about his head floating oh let me let me give a disclaimer for everybody out there okay it was like it was not part of mxu 75 so no shame on mxu 75 but like last year, I decided I'm going to start drinking a gallon of water because yeah, people say you should drink a gallon of water a day. So I just cold turkey one day decided to do it. I think I was also intermittent fasting at the same time. But let me just tell you, if you drink a gallon of water, but you don't eat enough sodium. Cramps? No. I, so I was, that night, I was lying in bed and I had like, I was, I was like, this has got to be a migraine. But it was worse than a migraine. Literally, I think I told Kirsten, I feel like my brain is about to come out of my ears. So I researched it. I don't forget, oh, wow. I forget what it's called. But seriously, if you drink too much water and don't eat right, your brain cells absorb the water and expand. And your brain pushes up against the, your skull, and it is excruciating. All right. So once Big you start brain. increasing your water intake, you got to eat right. That's the, that's the lesson eat. here. But the way I'm doing it, I have this I have this bottle that's just a 32 ounce bottle and i just try to drink three of them throughout the day or however many two and a half throughout the day now uh, but by the end of it hopefully three of these throughout the day that's 96 ounces that'll get me close to the end goal but i'm drinking water all the time so all the bottles here are milliliters and so i don't really know what i'm drinking thousand milliliters yeah, i think i've had 50 million milliliters at this point and then water no or beer. When does no alcohol start? It's soon. The 18th, I think, or the 17th. No alcohol starts on day 45, which is the 17th. Yeah, yeah. well, like a week after that, I'm going to Vegas for the weekend. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're going to go see Chris Raybold mix Silk Sonic. Yeah. At least you'll have Jeff with you. Jeff, make sure he doesn't drink. I will. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Rusty's going to come into my room in the middle of the night. I'm just snacking, laying in bed, ordered McDonald's, Uber Eats. <laughs> I'm about to give Rusty a room key. <laughs> Waffle House. That's not fast food. You have to sit down and order. Yeah, there's no Waffle House here, though. I live in Europe now. 
Got it. Yeah, I do love Europe. The the people are great, and uh, they are so genuine about so much. It's it's great. I I forget when I leave the U.S. Like a lot of we're, we are lucky. We are very lucky people to live where we live. That's all. Yeah, it's extremely lucky. Um, do you love Australia? I can't wait to go. Never been. Well, do you guys want to go? Are you going to take Rusty? Um, maybe. I, I don't know. That's undecided. Um, Where else are we going to go? Do you guys like South Africa? Ooh, Bill Tong. Love, Love South Bill Africa. Tong. Mm, Bill Tong mm. is the best. I've never been to either place. But guess what? What? We're going. We're going to Australia, Jeff? And South we Africa? Are. Yep, MXU World Tour 2022. What? This year, we're going to Australia, boys. You guys are just catching up, bro. You're, you're, you're trying to get worldwide. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I've been to Sydney several times, and it is a incredible city. It is awesome. But both places. I mean, Cape Town's my favorite city in the world. Sydney's not far behind. The problem is it's such a beat down to get there. You would take Cape Town over London? Hmm. For the scenic yeah. beauty, yes. Because you can't beat Table Mountain. I know no. Table Mountain, I and there's being, penguins there. Being right there at the confluence of the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean, it's just the great whites and the whales and the seals and the penguins and the all the stuff. It's like it's awesome. Yeah, but I do love London too. I love Cape Town. I think Durban has some of the most beautiful beaches. And the history in the Johannesburg, Pretoria area is unreal. You guys need to get uh, some music. I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send you an artist named Hugh Masakela. It's the best. He's from South Africa. He, uh, well, Jeff, you were around when he was, well, you were a trumpet player too. So uh, Grazing in the Grass is one of the greatest songs ever. He was one of the first artists to hit number one in the U.S. with no lyrics in a song. Wow. Yeah. And he was from South Africa. He was kicked out during the apartheid, came to America, studied with some jazz greats, basically created South African jazz. It's brilliant. Well, we're going to try to go there later in the fall. But first things first, we are going to go to Australia and be there sometime this summer, winter there. So it's going to be amazing. Cannot yeah, wait to share an MXU live day with the good folks in both of those places more details coming dun, dun, dun. it's developing quickly well i think that's a good way to wrap this up cool what time is it there boys 11 11 p.m it's, make a wish and it's 5 p.m at jeff's house yeah and it's 2 p.m at my house awesome Great. we're worldwide we worldwide. worldwide pretty low latency that, isn't that amazing it is amazing technology pretty awesome all right guys well thank you so much for the time today always great to catch up can't wait to see you guys again in person but have a great trip home and uh great work you're doing over there so keep it up if you're listening to this call a friend or two call another person in production check on each other especially those doing the mxu 75 just take care of each other awesome see you guys see you guys